Internet friends, and welcome to episode number 127 of Final Boss TV, your wow and gay rating show. I am your host. My name is Adam K.A.K.A. Bay. I actually totally messed up the intro last week, so not today. Not today. But today we're talking about Restoration Shamans. This is the voted on by Twitter. That was a poll of over 900 votes, and Restoration Shaman won by like 1%. And then I think Paladin and Monk tied, and then Discipline and Holy Priest was like three or two percent behind. It was really close. For those that play a Restoration Druid, however, stay tuned. I do believe in April, depending on scheduling, we're doing a, uh, a Druid History Month kind of deal, where it'll be a Druid episode every Sunday in a row for four Sundays. So it's like Discovery Channel does like Shark Week, but we're doing Druid History Month. And it'll be just Druid, 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 Druid for four Sundays in a row. That's where Restoration Druid is. But of course, first things first, shout out to the sort of sponsor slash partner of the show. If you would like to support what I do here at Final Boss TV and keep the show rolling on into the future, Legion is going to have two sort of junkets for every single class spec episode as the course of the expansion could be so long that you can over to our Design by Humans official apparel store. There's more stuff coming soon. Of course, we'll be doing another shirt when Mythic Gul'dan dies, hopefully after the reset, but you can go check out the apparel there by Fabelina and others if you wanna grab something for yourself and support the show. And thank you to those that do. But today, Resto Shamans, joining me again on the show all this time ago. We had to actually look back into the archive and see when Keen was on the show before, but welcome back to the show, sir. Hello. 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 Are you, you ready to talk about Restor Shamans again? Yeah, I'm born ready. <laughs> you don't, are you, yeah, were you? I mean, you, this guy, for those that don't know, took a nap last night and then got up at like, what was it, 5 or 6 a.m. your time to be there for the pre-show? It was around 6, I think. I think, I think you're qualified to be on the show today. I think it's the dedication <laughs> is there. So I appreciate you being on. And then new guy to the show. Who's this guy with a really weird name? Can I be heels? That's me. Is Are you sure, though? I'm I'm 100% positive. There is no other can I be heels, and it's me. Can confirm. Do you want to give me like a, a, a walkthrough of how this name came to be real quick? For those that don't know the history of it. Um... So a long time ago, uh, my best friend Zach and I, this was in Burning Crusade. I originally made a mage, and uh, and he was like, "Let's let's do an alt. We've never done an alt before." And I was like, "Okay, fine. What do you want to do?" He's like, "I want to tank," and and I was like, "Okay, well, I kind of want to heal." I said, "Well, can we just make our names? Can I be tanks and can I be heals?" And it just worked out that way. So uh, it stuck, and I eventually swapped to my shaman full time, and. When I did it, 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 I just kept the name because that's how the people knew me, and so it was born. I I'm okay so with big, this. Big shout out to my to my buddy Zach for giving me 
giving me the name legacy that I that I have. You know, I was I, I was, carry I carry it on because he doesn't play anymore. I was so ready because the way you prefaced that, even though you said Zach instead of my friend Kyle, I was waiting for a tenacious D joke. <laughs> I I, I, was, I, was I thought to. it was there. <laughs> I, I was going to, but I wanted to kind of hold back. I didn't. I I I wasn't sure if you'd appreciate it to be honest. Oh, I now was, that I know. I was ready. Okay. I was so ready. But I'll go back to Keen real quick here. Uh, sort of an introduction. You haven't been on the show since the beginning of Warlords. So for those who don't know who the hell you are and why they should listen to you, uh, what do you do for the rest of Shaman community, Mr. Sir? What do you do, Keen? Um, yeah, well, I just recently reviewed the rest of Shaman guide for Icy Veins, and then I... Yeah, co-founded Chain Heels, which is a big community site for Rest of Shamans. Um, and I just re recently stepped down from hardcore raiding. Otherwise, I've been raiding hardcore ever since MOP up until now. I brought up Chain Heel on screen and let that soak in for chat. But yeah, you've been around for quite a while and so yeah. you you work on the icy veins guide so how does there's another guide out there that that canopy wanted to, to post and talk about what's the other good resource for russell shaman out there that'd be the wowhead guide mm. um since uh, i picked it up with legion since the launch of legion and uh been maintaining it there goes over all of uh all the general stuff that people would want to know and and how to play a resto shaman so those are the two big resources. That that's, that segues into who this Can I Be Heels guy is. So you can continue on with what you do with the rest of Shaman community, um, sir. I, I'm a moderator in the Earthshine Discord for mainly the Restoration channel. I poke my head into the other specs. Um, I raid and have been raiding for quite some time in the sort of like upper 50 US to at sometimes 20 to 30-ish US um, rating. I'm currently rating with Temerity on Windrunner. Uh, joined them about a year and a half ago almost and uh, really enjoy it there. And uh, I also actually contribute to Chain Heal as well with, uh, with Keen. So, and you can of course always see me on Twitter posting things about Resto Shamans because I don't stop talking. It's horrible. Or, or you post things about pizza on Twitter, right? Pizza, <laughs> yes. The, I, food Food on Twitter is just a whole other, a whole other game, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So, as chat was bringing up, and what before we started the show, we were taking the screenshots for the YouTube thumbnail. And I said, well, you know, you got to pose or something, just smile at the camera, or whatever like that, or like act like you have wet socks. So, of course, the the first major little like generalist open topic we're going to talk about here is how to wet sock one hundred and one. So. What are your guys' general thoughts and feelings about Restoration Shamans in Legion and now in Patch 7.1.5, which is kind of tumultuous depending on what spec you play? Um, sorry, Hunters. You want a bit of a roller coaster there? The Hunter show was last Sunday. and um, But yeah, I guess the first thing I have up here is like breaking the ice with your POV on healer balance. So, Canopy, what do you, what do you think how healer balance is so far in, in Legion? So far, it's it's pretty good. I mean, every healer has its niche, and and every healer kind of does things better than than the others. But 
so far, I mean, it's really nice to see some healers that have been kind of left in the dust in the past kind of bump up and be a little more viable, um, Holy Priest especially. But uh, balance overall has been pretty pretty good so far, I'd say. Um, obviously, there's have some niche situations where some classes just infinitely perform better than others. Um, gonna gonna kind of look at Holy Priests and Holy Paladins a little bit. And of course, Druids and their silly two-minute cooldown. But... I'm supposed to be the king of cooldowns, Resto Shaman, not Druids. But uh, overall, I'd say I'd say it's pretty balanced. And the raiding population doesn't really kind of play into that, though, because representation is very small for, like, Mistweaver monks, for example. But the ones that are out there do fairly well for themselves. So I'd say it's I'd say it's pretty good overall. What do you think, Keen? Yeah. What, what do you echo? I, I agree. I think all the healers are pretty balanced at the moment. Own, I think the only one um, sticking out is is discipline priests. But uh, then again, they're they're a hybrid role, so they're not designated healers, per se. Yeah, there was there's a weird sticking point because I had that in here. Thoughts on the new discipline priest support healer, and it's. They're definitely not stealing all of the show for healing anymore because they're not just bubble spam everything. It's not just like powered shield spam and cow spam all of the time. So they are more of a support healer. Granted, depending on, you know, to name drop like Jinzei, for example, who makes discipline look just like any other healer, you're just fine. But uh, it's it's a weird world. I'd rather you dabbled playing a Discipline Priest, like as an alt or anything like that, to see how they work? Or do you talk to, do you have one in your guilds or anything like that that you can speak of, or...? Um, actually, through all of Warlords, I mained my Discipline Priest as my alt. And with the changes, I just didn't have any interest in really seeking it out and playing it as a, as a competitive alt. Not that I have a whole lot of time for an alt, but um, my, other, my other healer is actually a Paladin. That I uh, that I've been playing with a little bit, we we do have a disc priest in Temerity, um, Kareth, and it's certainly interesting to to see a discipline priest play. Um, it's kind of wild how much healing that they can actually do, but at the same time they do contribute a, a decent portion of, of damage as well. And it's kind of nice that in the lower healing requirement times that they can just sit there and do damage and still be fine because they're healing two or three targets at a time. Yeah, it's a weird... I, oh, go ahead. I, I did some rate testing with them on, on the beta before um, Legion came out, and I actually found them quite fun to play. Although we discussed it, um, the healer group within, and, and we kind of concluded that they weren't actually going to be big role player in in um, the healing core so we were just gonna play holy priests instead because they were very complex and and they require a bit of setup before uh, they shine with their healing i guess we'll have to see how things shape out now because with the, with four piece involved and how nighthold is tuned I can definitely see that there are a few encounters. Star Augur, for one, even though that was two healed. First off, I don't know what the other guilds that have, yeah, that have killed them now have done, but they didn't use. I think it's wild. 
they didn't use discipline. They used like restoration druid mistweaver. I think I think it was mistweaver. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I I I could be completely wrong too, but I think it's mistweaver. I, and and again, mistweavers aren't very widely you know represented in the healing population, but people make it work. So. It's. It was three healed as well. Apparently. Mm, I thought there was some back and forth on if Nagura was Resto or not. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, Holy Paladin Resto Shaman. What? Now it's different. What? That's not. That was definitely a Mistweaver monk in there somewhere. I don't know. We'll get caught up with chat about that. But that's that's what's always crazy to see what healers like the top guilds squeeze in for these early progression kills as we are in like the middle of the the raid race in Nighthold currently. But I wonder where discipline would fit because there are definitely a lot of fights that you could essentially 3.5 heal in Nighthold, right? Yeah. And you could yeah. or 2.5, really. So because there's a lot of mechanics that if you just avoid them, do nothing. And some fights you can really avoid a lot of damage, whereas other ones you can't. So I wonder how that would work out. We'll have to wait and see as we get more and more in there. I've only killed the first three. I think we're all in the same boat here. I think Keen's got four. No, oh, I have two or three at the moment. Yeah, I think we're all like in the same boat. So yeah, even though yeah, because Canopy and I. You, do you raid? You raid Monday? You raid tomorrow? Uh, Sunday actually. I raid tonight. Oh, you raid tonight? Ah, oh, yeah, crap. Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Sunday. You're gonna kill Croesus before me. No. Um, <laughs> but. So I guess there. So there are any specific outliers or issues that any of you pick up with the healing? I know, like the next section will go into a little more nitty gritty stuff. But is there anything that you've seen in making your healer teams, which you can really say it's a team now? It was getting to be a team sport, I guess, for healers and warlords, but it's definitely gotten better, uh, at least from the outside looking in, on when you have you know three or four or five healers, like if you're doing a 30-man or whatever, how those really mix, match together, and they can weave their cooldowns and stuff like that, but anything you've seen that's sort of an outlier with, uh, or with things uh, that are outside of the healer specifically? Yeah, I mean, Rep Paladins and Boomkins are essentially a member of the healing team now because of Wisdom <laughs> and Innervate, right. and the, the horribly designed abilities that stretch the strength of healers to probably places that they shouldn't be. Um, I, I don't. I don't even want to dive into this gigantic discussion about innervate and wisdom because I personally I don't believe the abilities should be in the game. Mm. I think that they're incredibly damaging to to the game. Um, but you know, you don't see any guild stacking like three rep paladins to give each healer a wisdom so they can drop a healer and. So to that degree, it's okay, I suppose. But if, if we ever saw that, then it would 100% need to be looked at and probably immediately removed from the game. Uh, but I'm, I'm not a fan, personally, and I'm not a fan of the way that Innervate interacts with some specs. But, I mean, I've made use of it. I know Disc Priests make incredible use of it. Uh, Mistweaver Monks can also put out a bunch of uh, healing with it. But Wisdom is just an insane amount of extra mana in an encounter, and while it gives an unfair advantage to the HPS of that healer over their other healers, that's, you know, it's not really a healing competition. I just don't believe that something that increases longevity from an outside source should be 
in the game. I think that's... That if, if a healer is going to increase their own longevity, it should be by their own will and by their spell selection rather than outside forces, even though it is, you know, part of a team. It's teamwork. But It's funny that you bring that up so straightforward from a healer perspective because I was on the camp that I was against Greater Blessing of Might from a DPS standpoint since beta. And yep. finally Blizzard was like, hmm, maybe it is not a good idea. I mean, oh, oh really? Um, <laughs> so, like, it, it is interesting now that you only get one Wisdom, one Kings, which is sort of fine, because Kings is like, eh, damage reduction on your tank. But yeah, Wisdom for sure, it's, um, yeah, 6% mana a minute, right? So... Yeah, 1% one, 1 every, yeah, every 10 seconds. Yeah. It's pretty... It's pretty ridiculous. What about you, Keen? What do you think from your perspective for Outliers? I or... think the cooldowns that make spells free for us are insane because we have the interaction with crit and resurgence that we have. So it's essentially a mana yeah, gain cooldown instead of just a mana gating cooldown. I mean, we actively recharge with crits um, when casting heals. And when they're free, it's just an overload of mana that we are returned with. Hmm. Neither one of you, I was waiting for one of you to bring this up, but I guess I'll, I'll poke the bear, as it were. So, Spirit Link, Totem, and Darkness is really strong, and I feel like many raiders out there, might, this might be the first time they're hearing this combination specifically, if you don't know about it already. But uh, can can uh, one of you walk me through, so I don't spoil it for either of you, the interaction between Darkness, the Havoc Demon Hunter spell, and Spirit Link Totem. Canopy, uh, you want to you take this one? The, com the completely obscene interaction that shouldn't be in the game, yes. Mm. Uh, <laughs> um, so when you drop Spirit Link, the health adjustments technically count as a damage event, and Darkness has a chance to absorb that damage event keeping the health of that person the same um, so not only that but the sheer fact of removing damage intake and Ilganoth was the best example and I know that Keen brought this up um, when we were speaking earlier but Ilganoth was an extreme example of it because the dot ticking on you if you just missed a tick of that it gave so much more health to spread out to the rest of the raid and if two or three people did, your raid was infinitely more healthy than what, you know, if, if everybody was taking damage would have been. So, uh, you know, you'll see extreme spirit link numbers on Ilganoth when it's combined with uh, darkness as opposed to when it isn't. And that's because of the crazy interaction that it has and how it still works is beyond me, but it has to be some kind of coding thing that is just difficult for them to change. Yeah, well, I only, I bring that up because that's obviously the biggest point that we figured that out was on Mythic Ilganoth when you used to stack up and kill eight bloods and then survive all the stuff. But we do that now on Chronomatic Anomaly. We can do that now on, I mean, you have to later on in Croesus on the fourth platform because the damage of the slam slash the crazy chaos orb, like that's a lot of raid damage. So you can really mitigate that yeah. with that. I'm sure there'll be some shenanigans soon 
with or there might be on like botanist and you can probably survive a whole slew of other things with that combination it's just putting the darkness inside the spirit link is really really strong yeah so like auto auto use every time if it's in your raid yeah stack them because of the survivability of the people inside spirit link just skyrockets absolutely then throw in a lay on hands as well yeah Mine oh, if well. you if you lay on hands someone, because that healing will go to then everybody else, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, there are some shenanigans there. I mean, SLT is not the reason you bring a Resto Shaman, but it definitely is one of the reasons. It's a very, very strong cooldown. You only have one of them now, whereas back in the day, we used to have two of them. Sad, sad times getting my second <laughs> spirit link taken from me. Yeah. So I guess now here, how about some do's and don'ts for healers or healing in Legion? Sound like a, a back and forth little topic here. What nuggets have you picked up along your travels outside of what we already brought up? Maybe for restoration specifically? And then I'm going to bring up Mythic Plus. So anything you want to make sure that Resto Shamans are aware of that you have picked up in your adventures? Um, I mean, just making sure that you're always using your micro cooldowns because things like Riptide and, and Healing Stream Totem put out a whole bunch of healing. And a lot of people opt to ignore something like Healing Stream Totem, for example, because it's non-impactful. But over the course of an encounter, it picks up a lot of the little healing that you otherwise wouldn't need to get. And you know, it's an incredibly mana-efficient ability. So making sure that you're hitting your micro cooldowns is very important. I'd say the same goes for Healing Rain, although some might disagree with me because I personally love how much healing uh, Healing Rain is able to put out, especially combined with the legendary boots. Um, it makes it yeah, insanely important to put down every time you get it up, despite it being pretty expensive in mana. Hmm. Okay. There's no... So uh, this is sort of a, a jump forward because I was I was thinking about this because I, I play Resto here and there. Like I heal normally in BGs because doing damage as enhanced shum without like actual support is you just go in and get stunned and you're dead. Um, but with, with the Unleash change and Unleash Life now is a talent, which we'll go through all the talents later. There is... Is there less of a... I guess rotation or more of a rotation now for Restoration Shaman because you play around tidal waves for the most part. And, but is, is there, does the, the rotation and the priority of how you heal in Legion, does it feel better than what they've changed from Warlords to now though? Is that, was it all positive stuff or were there any negative little implications that you've, outside of the SLT times two being lost, but. <laughs> um, I mean, personally, nothing really... The core of the class changed very little. I mean, you always use your healing stream cooldown. You always use Riptide. And playing around tidal waves has always been important. Um, to a lesser degree, about halfway through every expansion, just because of how prevalent chain heal has been. But um, traditionally, the, the spec has played the same. All the passives are the same. We still gain resurgence mana from crits and things like that. Um, but the, I guess the addition of some abilities via, via talent, something like Wellspring, for example, um, they're welcome changes, though they're not really used. Mm. And like rotationally, 
yeah, you play around tidal waves, and it's a little more important now that regen is not in the game outside of external effects and some trinkets. But um, it, it's, I don't know, it, it's just not, chain heal is incredibly potent still, and there is still a chain heal build that people play around with, maximizing their chain heal healing, specking into Unleash Life, because it's the only talent on that row that increases AoE healing. Mm -hmm. So to be able to pump out gigantic chain heals with high tide, and if they happen to have um, Jonats, it's a legendary ring that increases their chain heal healing be, uh, ap after healing with Healing Wave or Healing Surge. Um, it, it's, it's just a ridiculous amount of healing output. But there is a rotation to make sure that you're managing, and there are talents that modify that as well. You know, crashing waves granting two two charges of tidal waves when you use riptide for example so it's it, it's out there there's different ways to build but a lot of people tend to lean towards chain heal except for keen most famously i suppose <laughs> oh yeah so that that, that segues right over to keen because i was going to bring that up but yeah so what you guys what we were talking about in the the, the pre-show um which i'll go into more of that and where that podcast can be listened to later you you both have sort of a different philosophy on chain heal. Keen, you want to go into that? Yeah, I, I think I can count on one hand the amount of times I've cast a chain heal this expansion. <laughs> oh my god! Um, unlike I'd say any other resto shaman, I I don't know. Going from warlords to legion, I felt that chain heal was boring, and I felt there has to be another way to play around with it. Um, and yeah, I guess I invented the single target healing playstyle. At least mm. that's how they um, tell it in Discord. The meme spec. The meme spec. Yeah. Well, the secondary meme spec. The oh, first yeah. one being stack haste until you know the high heavens and just spam your heals. Oh, but I'm stacking haste. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like how it's ridiculous. I like how that's become a, a thing that in Legion now every class or spec has their meme <laughs> specs. Now it's such a thing. It's such a thing in the in the world it we is. live in. So But now I want to bring up Mythic Plus. And without delving oh, into like a talent build sort of thing, this was a question that was brought up in Discord. So what are your thoughts on the Mythic Plus system? And what are your favorite affixes, and why is it overflowing? <laughs> uh, in, in general, I love the Mythic Plus system. I think that it's fantastic. Uh, I like the progressively more difficult dungeons. I don't like the loot system. I, I think that it's... You, know, you have to reward somebody somehow for doing it, but I don't like the loot system. I don't like the titan forging and everything and that's a whole other that's a whole other thing but um the progressively more difficult dungeons are fantastic um i'm a I, actually a big fan i do a whole lot of my dungeons as elemental believe it or not just because we have so many healers in a guild but so many groups you know so you're all, you're always going to have a healer around so I, I like to be flexible but uh i actually really prefer necrotic i think that it's a, a fun affix to play around Hmm. in the lower gear, lower level. It, in the higher gear, you just pull everything, stun it all, and then kite when you get a bunch of stacks. But um, 
with Cloudburst Totem and Spirit Link Totem giving us two tools to bypass it, I think that if you time your abilities correctly, you can really you really shine in a necrotic dungeon. Yeah, Spirit Link totally negates the effect of necrotic. I mean, it, it completely goes behind the effect of the debuff and just says, not today. Not <laughs> I'm just going to heal you up without any problems. Well, I guess... I'm... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, my my least favorite is probably overflowing because I tend to get massive cloud bursts during dungeons, <laughs> and then exploding a five million cloud burst with AG is going to result in a massive, massive shield that you have to heal off. That's not very fun. It's. It's an interesting one. So on the side here, and I'll bring up on full screen real quick here to plug this amazing website. This is mythicpl.us. It's Mythic Plus. This is a website that was put together. I have actually spoken to the to the uh, creator. Name is Domain. But this has all this different stuff on the top here, and I, you can scroll down through and get all these different sections of the website. It's beautiful. Bookmark this. Useful stuff down here at the bottom. Weak auras, other stuff. They've got the Discord link if you want to talk about and or get into groups for Mythic Plus systems, stuff like that. Useful add-ons and things. So go check this out. And of course, as the Mythic Plus system is moved forward in the future in patch 7.2, they'll have the new updates as well. But for overflowing, so the way overflowing reads is overhealing causes the target to gain a healing absorption shield for three times the amount overhealed. So only people specced as healer will trigger this effect. Self-heals do not count toward the healing absorption shield, and the shield is not additive. Druids crush this ethics. Which is why I brought it up with, I think, holy paladins, holy priests, at least with their, their single target major heal, and then the mastery slash crit synergy that Resto has, or Cloudburst in this situation, is you could heal someone when they're low, gain a lot of your mastery, crit them, overheal them for like a million, all of a sudden it's a three million overshield. Yeah. Which is very, very common. <laughs> so yeah. I, it, A lot of times between packs, I'm sitting there and I've popped Spirit Walker's Grace in an overflowing dungeon to move between packs and just continually heal the tank to pull their their overflowing shield off of them right. rather than use spirit walker's grace in the middle of a pull to move out of some aoe damage or or something like that so it can be a problem if you don't play it correctly but i mean the worst is when uh, like a paladin tank or something uses light of the protector i think is their talented self heal right and they bring themselves back up to like 90 percent, and i'm in the middle of casting a healing surge with 95 percent crit and <laughs> then they have this like massive shield on them because mm -hmm. I just healed them for like 1.4 million, so it's uh it can be it can be a little painful sometimes, but you know it is what it is. You just have to. That's the beauty part about Mythic Plus, and that's why I like the system and the rotating affixes is because it causes you to adjust. But I mean, by the end of the week, you your first couple of dungeons, you're like, oh yeah, by the way, I forgot this is skittish. Maybe I should you know not go crazy on DPS or. Oh, this is volcan uh, the volcanic, so I have to like move. Or this is overflowing, so I have to be careful with my overhealing. But then after you've done a couple of dungeons, you're like, it's ingrained in your head for the week that that's right. the affixes. But I I like the change of pace every week. 
And I like the system where it gets progressively more difficult, but the other flaws to the system kind of make it a little grueling to do, I suppose. Now, I'm not going to get the same reaction when I brought this up that I that you both reacted to in the uh, the Patreon behind the scenes podcast, but we only have had one new teased ethics coming in the future, which I don't know where the Cindergosa like AOE constant through the whole dungeon went, but we have bursting on the horizon, which is that every mob that dies explodes, putting a dot on everyone in your in your group that they take 20% of their max health as a dot in four seconds? Four or five? Five seconds. I think it's five seconds. Something so, like that. So that... What do you guys think of bursting? Love it. 100%. Yeah. Down. <laughs> give me it now. Give me it a patch ago. Give me, give me it on launch. I'd sit in those dungeons all day. But I, I mean, I'm one of the people, and Keen is too, who just really likes to push healing to the limit so yeah. you know i think it's gonna be a fun fx to play around oh absolutely especially because we have spirit link totem because uh, and that's again uh, somehow to negate this ability no oh, yeah well that'll be that'll be a challenge right it's pulled the, the pull the the upstairs pack in halls of valor teaming bursting and no thanks. Try to kill all of them in a spirit link. <laughs> I quit. Never mind. I'm done. Yeah, don't do it. You won't do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, I, another tool that I see as incredibly effective on that is Earth and Shield Totem, which doesn't see a whole lot of value in Mythic Plus just because of, hmm. like, it, on the same tier as Ancestral Vigor. And Ancestral Vigor is really, really potent to give your tank that extra effective health that they need to tank those big mobs but bursting would play into uh earth and shield totem immensely and it might be that you know yeah you can pull an extra mob because when it explodes it's gonna you know x percent of each of those ticks is going to be negated by the the earth and shield so it means you have to stack your party but if the mobs are all dead then stacking usually isn't a problem but you you, you bring up vigor which that would play making bursting do more damage though because the yes, more yeah. health you have the more the dot for tick for so I mean, it's all percentage based but obviously two or three in a row is going to bring your whole party down to like 40 percent health in five seconds so yeah that's what that's what gar brought up too yeah so there could be even some talent swaps like you suggest that would bring in for bursting and then yeah and then the sickness one which was like the cindergosa aura for the entire dungeon where you just take gradual damage that forever never made it into lives so maybe we'll see that in the future so but yeah 7.2 is definitely going to shake up mythic plus when they rebalance it add new affixes probably move around some affixes we have different weeks because right now we're kind of used to it right there are bad weeks and there are really easy weeks like last week so yeah yeah there were there were a lot of people like just looking at the at the rankings for artifact power on like my server, for example, and checking out, mm -hmm. you know, how people's like, I I'm into, I have both my off spec weapons that I'm working on. And one of our warlocks is just absolutely insane. The dude's at 54 and two weapons and like 46 or something in his third. And he's gone totally. I ham doesn't even describe it. And, um, last week was a good week to just go and live in mythic plus or specifically Maw of souls as the, <laughs> the meme is right. Yeah. So speaking of the meme is dot dot dot. For a weirder topic now, this was brought up in Discord. 
as a suggestion that we're curious about. So, healer is doing damage. Healer DPS was a thing that Blizzard wanted to make sure be stays relevant and that healers can actually contribute in dungeons or in raids, there's downtime, etc. Or for, for leveling. <clears throat> yeah. But um, I don't know. I think if you're a Restoration Druid or a Holy Paladin, you can agree that you probably have some pretty good damage. So how is... I don't know, Keen, what do you think? How is Restoration Shamans, which is like weak elemental shaman synergy for doing damage, how is that working out so far in Legion? It's not good enough that I level with it, but it's fine when doing damage through dungeons or in raids or yeah, whenever there's any downtime and you can push in a little damage on the boss. Um, but I just leveled as an enhancement um, through launch because it was way faster. Candy, mm -hmm. what do you think? I'm a huge, huge advocate for healer DPS. Uh, I spent all of Hellfire Citadel trying to like perfect maximizing my damage, and it was a huge component of uh, of a couple of kills was the amount of damage that healers could push out, and that really extends into Legion. It's, you know, there are encounters like uh, Mythicrosis is a is a good example that's relevant for uh, you and I for for starters that. Healer damage can matter because there are guilds that kill it with one second left on the enrage, or as Krosis is breaking the bridge. Yep. Um, you know, healer damage is is incredibly important sometimes. And while we don't have the best damage, the fact that we can get procs for instant cast damage means that it gives us another mobile, like a mobile button press, which is important in a world where you don't spec echo and don't have like multiple charges of abilities to use. So. You know, I'm, I'm all for that healer damage, and healers should always be trying to maximize their damage in healing downtime, as long as their mana permits it. Yeah, I think it's a bit sad that they added mana cost to Flame Shock and Lava Burst, but then again, it's all about balancing out so that you don't just sit there and DPS full out all the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, especially in this world, which I don't know. I think it's a it's a strange thing to get used to, but we live in a world now of Warcraft uh, where it's terrible prolonged power is not only a healer throughput potion, but also adds to their their damage as well, especially on the start of a fight. Because normally, you want to use a lay torrent potion later on in the fight, right? To gulp, 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 get some good mana back. You don't use like a mana pot most of the time. You use lay torrent. Most of the time, yeah. But on the start of the pull, you can pre-pot prolonged power and get DPS in for the first 8, 10, 15 seconds. So, like, because nothing's happening. You yep. put hots on your tanks on the pull, and then you can DPS. You get your whole rotation going, get some stuff out there, and contribute as a healer team to adding to the DPS pot a little bit. Now, again, of course, depending on if you're a Restoration Druid with a Balance Affinity or whatever, or Feral Affinity, you get in there and go crazy, versus, like, Flame Shock, Lava Burst, Lightning Bolt. But that's definitely a thing that crazy, healers should... Crazy yeah. Holy Paladin shenanigans Holy with Old War pre-pots. Yeah, yeah, Old like, War pre-pot like with one, wings. 1.3 1 1 million burst DPS or something. Yeah. It's. I'm sure that's not even, like, a drop in the bucket compared to what they actually do in burst DPS. Mm -hmm. I... 
haven't raided with the Holy Paladin that did on pull burst in uh, in a little right. while. But um, I don't. It's just it's wild the amount of damage and a deadly grace is always an option for resto shamans as well. If you need mm -hmm. to, like near the end of a fight, if you're not going to need your mana pot and you know that there's nothing healing intensive coming, but there's a very strict DPS check, then potting Deadly Grace and hitting those buttons, it's going to result in a higher burst window than sure. what Prolonged Power would be. Right. But always pre-pot Prolonged Power, always. If your first yeah. global on the boss is not Flame Shock, then what are you doing, right? That's it's important. Got to maximize that damage. Yeah. And miss Fire Elemental. Why did you have to bring it up? My heart... <laughs> Oh, we already weeks. got like we lost you guys lost you guys lost your extra SLT, you lost fire elemental. Yeah. It's Little bad. things. Yeah. But that's that's a good point to leave on. And I think I want to make sure that healers are aware of the, the deadly gray stuff that you brought up is, is important as well. I usually think of the prolonged power because it's it's both you can use it in both aspects, right? But deadly grace for sure. Yeah. Yep. Um, and it's gonna be a judgment call yeah. every time. Right. I wanna move on. But this was also brought up in Discord, and mostly because I was a little salty about this last couple of days, trying to get my four BG wins as Resto, just randomly solo queuing. Took me about three hours to get four wins, because the Alliance are not very good. Um, what are your thoughts about playing a healer in PvP, and your experience doing it with the new PvP system and PvP talents? Like, how, how does that... Do, I, mean, I don't think either of you really dabble in it too much, but when you do, what are your what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, I, I enjoy PvPing as all three specs. I enjoy playing all three specs of Shaman, and so to have that PvP aspect is, is also great. And I love some of the changes that have been made. We actually, with the patch, got a new honor talent uh, that makes Chain Heal instant cast after 16 seconds. Like, every eight seconds, you get 50% off of your next Chain Heal cast. And I love it, personally. I think that it's a really neat tool. I haven't done a whole lot of PvPing as Resto, but I gave it a try, at least, to say that I've given it a try. And it's an interesting little synergy with the Spirit Link talent. So, I don't know, I, I enjoy it. It's tough, and getting kicked all the time sucks, especially with the amount of CC. Like, everybody has a stun... Like, Demon Hunters have ranged interrupts and, like, gap closers, and I don't know, it can be a little it would be a little daunting because Demon Hunters are still the new hotness, right? Everybody's right. playing them. Battlegrounds are full of them. I did one last night. There's, like, four, four Demon Hunters in the same battleground. They had one healer, and they didn't need anything else because, like, inside of meta, they're immortal, right? <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it can be intimidating as a healer instead of... Like, Enhancement is my normal go-to PvP spec, and you, you don't get kicked, right? You don't get interrupted, uh, unless you're hard, like, casting Hex on something. But, I mean, I, I don't know. Having to deal with the amount of CC that's in the game is really hard sometimes. It can be intimidating, but don't be, don't be scared. Dive in there. <laughs> I've honestly not spent that much time playing PvP on my Shaman. I don't think it's... or. Yeah, I personally don't think it's that much fun. I've done it in the past, just casually, but I don't know. It's not my kind of game. It's, no. There's, I don't really like it. 
there's something really strange that I was talking about outside of the fact that Alliance loses every damn BG except like Isle of Conquest yeah. um, sometimes, and then I guess Strand of the <laughs> um, uh, no Strand of the Ancients Isle of Conquest they win, but everything else they lose. Um, is that there's no like you can always be interrupted? It feels like. I, I almost wanted to record like a highlight reel of what it feels like to, like if you get to an engagement, you get your riptides off, put your shield on, who's getting aggressed on, right? And you drop a whole bunch of heals, right? Put on both your healing stream totems, even drop your healing tide, keep people alive. Oh my goodness, because you're about to get turned on, right? In three, two, and it's stun, interrupted, silence, stun, interrupted, slowed, stunned, interrupted, silence, stunned, interrupted. And then you just like riptide when you have a GCD and then you die. Because all you see if you use the blizzard like um, loss of control like box in the middle of your screen is that little <laughs> red bordered box is just right there yep. almost the entire time you're in combat. It's over. I'm, and I'll, I will, I'll, I'll jump away, right? I'll gust away and then stunned, rooted, slowed, silenced, interrupted, slun, slun. It's, it's constant. Like, there's yeah. no juking anymore. I can't, like, start a wave and then stop and then get the interrupted. No, it just doesn't matter because it's going to happen right after you start casting anyway. Every time. Every time. It's, Every time. It's so weird. Unless you're a Mistweaver and, and you just cheat torpedo out and keep healing everybody and then cheat torpedo. But anyway, it's just being salty. But uh, yeah. That's that's part of the reason why I think that Tidebringer is a really welcome change. Uh, okay. Resto, honor talents. Uh, it doesn't really work strongly i guess for it's more of a i would say more of an arena talent because you, when paired with spirit link the like your target of spirit link takes extra healing from your chain heal um so being able to use an instant cast very large group aoe heal mm -hmm. is is very strong but you have to wait the 16 seconds to get your two charges um but i think that that's a, a very welcome addition to the pvp honor honor talents not so great in, in BGs, but right. it can be, I suppose. Yeah, I'm also just talking about like random BGs with you and a couple of friends, nothing crazy. I'm sure in a constructed arena system or an RBG system when you have peels and interrupts and, and CC to help you, it's obviously very different. But if you're just like randomly PvPing for those weeklies or for the daily honor, because it's still 100k and you can get it just the same way you'd get yeah. it like a random um, heroic, that's yeah. pretty quick to pick up, so... All right. Real quick, before we take the mid-show break here, let's geek out about this. So have you both seen our new Tier 20? Absolutely. Yeah. Is looks amazing. Real nice. Yeah. It's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I'm I'm a huge fan of the, the Tier 6 models. And I use, like, my typical MOG is a blue MOG that uses about half of tier six so to see a bunch of it get remodeled and and updated is it's spectacular i love it so i think the biggest thing I to really... point out here for chat is that they've sort of combined the recolor of tier six and tier six right the blue and the golden browns but the biggest thing to look at here is that the the 3d like i would say the verticality or the the weight of the set like look at like the belt and I guess that's the pants that has, like, the hip guards and the gloves. The gloves. Uh, yeah, the gloves yeah. look really good. And then, holy crap, the boots. The boots are tied to the pants. Some of the tier sets have, like, 
boot amplification because these are her hooves, right? I'm looking at a Draenei female right now, but as you should be, these yeah. <laughs> these golden brass bronze like foot pieces. These are part of the pants, and these come on the mythic set. You can see all these an MMO champion, the model viewer here. Like there are some color schemes I'm not really a fan of, like the purple. I guess the purple's kind of strange, but the purple one has cut the me, mythic. Cut me deep, Bay. It's fine. Cut me deep. <laughs> but I, I just I love the purple. The red is back, but you can change. The red one's probably my favorite one. You can change the it's models just... and stuff. I hope that the little tassels that are on the lightning bolt shoulders have some, like some, three D to them because they're not. They're just like straight out, and I hope they have some like some actual modeling to them in the future, some bones, some structure. But yeah, all the color variants are on here. So we've got, like, the regular PvP is in here, and the Elite PvP, and then you've got LFR, Normal, Heroic, and Mythic. So they all look... I like the golden one. The golden one looks cool. Hang on, this is how, this is how I'm going to look. Let's go to Pandaren, female. There we go. Whoops, that was weird. Yeah, that looks really cool. Oh, it's exciting. I, I I really love the idea of you know it's Tomb of Sargeras and the throwback and the involvement of like the Illidan and the Illidari and the Legion and everything. The throwback to Tier Six is is really nice. I think it was a great touch um, with the updated models, and it does look pretty spectacular even on a even on a female panda. Hey! Wow. I mean, <laughs> space goat or or female troll if i was still horde which was, was for nine years i'd be a female troll and, oh no way if i was if i was yeah. horde, i'd be female tauren all day oh no for female enhancement female troll for enhancement. Uh, I, okay okay she looks so good i always get super excited when i get the coin of many faces to proc me an hour of female tauren I'm like, all right, it's on. Just, it's it's go time. You're just excited. That's <laughs> yeah, it for you. Yeah. Like that's it. That's the true end game. Is yeah, getting that, your coin faces. It's go time. <laughs> for sure. Well, anything else before we move on here? Before we get to the little little mid show break and then we dive into nitty gritty stuff. Good. We good, gentlemen. Everything. I, I think we're good. Okay. Well, time for me to to blab a little bit while I give these gentlemen a quick reprieve. And again, I plugged Designed by Humans at the beginning of the show another way. And to give a big shout out real quick to the support that the show has received recently on Patreon. If they want to support the, the live show itself or, of course, the mixed videos and the live stream or whatever, you can over to Patreon. I'm slowly working on the tiers and upgrading and evolving them. The biggest one to point out here is the Epic tier, which is $5 a month or more which is essentially the same as like subscribing on Twitch. The new Patreon exclusive, which is the live show behind the scenes podcast now. The meet and greets with guests are recorded and they are posted on Patreon. And you only get the link to listen to those if you are at the $5 or more. So if you want, essentially, the thought of, I don't do the after show anymore, because I kind of like mix that in to the end of the show, and we talk to the chat a little bit, and if you're a part of the Final Boss TV Discord, you can talk to me all the time, or you can submit questions the day before the shows come out that I can interweave into the show notes. But if you just want more podcast, 
Then there is there's an hour and like 18 minutes from last week with uh, Azertharian and Fi, and there's almost an hour with Canopy and Keen and I talking about it's like setting up the show and going over the notes and like brainstorming about things. It's really off script. It's just sort of candid discussionary podcast style, but it's recorded and posted and put online as an exclusive extra bit for for you guys for the ones that are supporting the show uh, at the extra level on on Patreon. So thank you very much for those that do that. And that's a little bit of kickback for you. Additionally, of course, I plugged it earlier in the show, but I got to do it again. Chainheel.com. Not every class or spec has a website that is curated and put together. A ton of resources, posts, walkthroughs, guides, analysis, sort of things like that. But Restoration Shaman does. So if you are a Resto Shaman looking for an extra place to find information, you can also join them on the Earth Shrine. Link is right here on the website, of course. Or all the different Discord links are right here in the channel guide that are found right here on my channel. You get Earth Shrines right here. Click that link. Then the link pops up right there. You can join the Earth Shrine or any of the other Discord channels. This is a link to mine, for example. Those are all right there. So take advantage of that. You can go... Bop them on Twitter as well if you have questions. But not again, not every class and spec has a resource like this, so take advantage of it if you if you need to. The Legion Hub's up here, the artifact build, relics, rotation, stat party, talent builds, all that good stuff. Of course, you can check out the the Icy Veins guide as well, or the other aforementioned resources here on the website or elsewhere. But this is a really great little resource. Because not everyone has them. There is one being put together for Enhancement Shaman, and there is one for Elemental as well. If Bink is in chat, he can plop the Elemental one in chat for you all. So, yeah, and it's exclamation point guide, and that is where you get all the stuff for, for the show. But outside of that, I also plugged earlier today, which I'll do again officially. This is mythicpl.us, Mythic Plus. You can check this website out. Link will be in the YouTube box description, of course, or if you were watching it right now, you can check out all the resources it has on the website. And every week it says the US and EU affixes, and then, of course, what's coming up next week so you can plan your Mythic Plus romps. But let's get into some nitty-gritty stuff here with Restoration Shamans now. You gentlemen ready? Ready to go? Yep. Okay. Let us do the thing. Let me pull up the... Calculator. I don't know who wants to, to fight over this exactly, but let's start off with... Um, we kind of already went through like how Rush Shamans have taken to Legion thusly, though, so... The only other note that I had in here to put salt in the wound a little bit more is Goodbye Water Shield. Hmm. I mean, there's a toy for it! <laughs> you can have the look, but... Yeah, it's just... It's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same at all. Oh. It's heartbreaking. <laughs> it's just trimming the fat, though, right? Like, that's just yeah. all, that, all that cosmetic button pressing stuff. And Sure, sure. Um, I still wish it was a cosmetic button press. You know, you could, like, you could learn glyph abilities and stuff. Right. I guess I could drag the toy onto my bar. It's just not the same. <laughs> you could just put it on the same binding, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was almost obsessive for me to press it every once in a while. <laughs> yep. The viewers of the show and the live stream used to know back in the last two expansions that I would um, 
I played, little known fact, I used to play a lot of uh, gun game in Counter-Strike, and I had my weapon swap button on Y. So I would hit, that was my lightning shield button in WoW. So I'd be just jumping around, doing everything, and if I'm like moving around in a boss fight, I would just hit Y instinctively. It's muscle memory to hit weapon swap. Because you play gun game, it's like knife gun, knife gun, knife gun, knife gun, right? That's just how you run around in that game. So, yeah, but that's how... That's how lightning shield would be for me. But let's just jump right into talents then. So what sort of pros and cons are currently present? And if you want to go with some, some build examples, uh, I'll do, walk me through the chain heal build, Canopy, and then we can have Keen walk me through the Keen meme build, if you want to <laughs> go that way. So, um, well, the, the standard talent that plays into chain heal for the 15 tier is Unleash Life. Uh, while not usable in absolutely every situation, the standard is pretty much Unleash Life because it's the only one on that row that modifies your AoE healing via Chain mm -hmm. Heal. Um, and then your 30 tier is irrelevant, your 45 tier is irrelevant. That's yeah, um, just utility, depending on what situation you're in, of course. Yeah. Um, 60, the, the flip is, is if you're really trying to maximize Chain Heal, you spec Deluge, and that's only really been super effective on, like, two or three fights and there's people who try to argue for it and every time I try it I've tried it on every encounter and to it just doesn't work when you have your melee that are dashing around like your demon hunters that are flying through the boss and no longer standing in your healing <laughs> rain so you know you lose the value there uh, but typical standard is ancestral guidance uh, just the same two minute cooldown that it's always been uh, beyond that is Earth and Shield, Totem, or Ancestral Vigor, depending on the encounter. Uh, and then Cloudburst Totem is incredibly potent for, for those that learn how to play it. It does take a little bit of skill to really maximize it, especially with its combination of that and Ancestral Guidance. Uh, and then High Tide to maximize your Chain Heal healing. So I want to backtrack just a moment and bring up one of the new quote-unquote what the kids are saying the new hotness so hotness. we didn't really talk about this earlier but i want to bring up ancestral protection totem or onk totem because there are some shenanigans that can be pulled off with this little guy right here i don't know if it gets used that often but do, do you have any thoughts about how this totem fits into not the meta but how it fits into the kit for a restoration shaman and how how useful it actually is i think it's a fun tool but i don't personally find it that useful i mean mm. you you need to predict that somebody's going going to die um to get the full benefit of of the ability and then it's it's on a 5 minute cooldown so it's it's yeah I wouldn't say that it's worth the cooldown, even though you get the opportunity to save someone. Right. I've uh, I've only ever strictly used it on very early progression pulls. Um, a great place where it was useful was during PTR testing of Triliax in the Nighthold, because his Annihilation Beam actually hits multiple times. It's not like you get hit and you're instantly dead. It's mm -hmm. multiple hits. And as long as the individual doesn't die from a hit that's greater than 200% of their health, they can still use the Ankh. Right. 
And so because it's multiple hits, if they got caught, and it's the same thing with Felaflux on Gul'dan, because it's it's very rapid, it's high damage, but it's very rapid damage that doesn't break that 200% threshold, you can actually still use the Ankh. Uh, it, it'll still be available to you. So, you know, a, a very early progression, I've used it, but I, I don't guarantee that it's actually effective because you do have to predict that someone's going to die. And most of the time, if you're solo soaking a mechanic or something, it's going to hit you for more than 200% of your health, and you're not going to be able to take advantage of the, the free combat res. Yeah, there's a strange situation that presents itself with this, and it's brought up in chat. Yeah, it's really useful to res tanks to cheese mythic raid mechanics, which I brought that up during beta, that I feel like that's the only really thing that it does well. It's like, okay, the tank's going to take 12 stacks of this BS tank dot, to cheese it, it's gonna totally brick afterwards, put the Ankh totem down, res your tank, right? As long yep. as it's not 200% of their HP, right? Some dot ticking down, whatever. It's, and that's really only, only because it, it competes with essentially devotion aura totem, right? And ancestral vigor, which are both leaps and bounds more useful all the time. <laughs> that it's, it almost is just like, the cheese totem. Pretty much. I just... Yeah. May Maybe it's good in PvP to, like, help hold a point in Rothy Basin? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's just... It's a weird totem. It's a strange it, it, totem. It has its it has its use, but mm -hmm. outside of, like, predictable or generally dangerous it was used on very early ilganoth kills yeah uh with the strategy where you would blow up a whole bunch of the the slimes because on top of the res there there is a there's an extra max health buffer so that you know it's not completely useless it's really right. bad for being on a five minute cooldown like mm -hmm. you don't take it just to have access to additional health but on ilganoth you did because the two dangerous phases of the fight were bursting you know, six or eight or however many of the Ickers. And when you did that, they, they were five minutes and 20 seconds apart or something like that on the first kills. So it actually worked out that you could line that up. So not only did it give you that health buffer, but would res somebody if they happened to die outside of, you know, Spirit Link and Darkness and all this other stuff. So it was useful there, but general use, no. I, it's nice to have. It's a nice piece of utility that in a niche situation when it could be effective, it is effective. Right. But outside of that, you know. And just to just to confirm for for clarity's sake, it counts as an onk, not a battle res. So it does Correct. not count toward yeah. which is which is why it might be five minutes, because it's essentially another battle res. Yeah, but, it's on a separate cooldown. Right. Yeah, because onks and stuff like that don't count. Which I still am curious about that because the battle res system now is getting a little archaic with like the whole one and then every four minutes you gain one kind of thing but then shamans never adhere to that and technically i don't think the warriors combat res works in raids though which is also then strange because it's essentially an onk from their arthur weapon i don't know yeah the, the hidden passive yeah which hmm it's strange, I guess. I don't know. We'll have to see where it goes in the future. But 
Keen, how about you walk me through your build or your let's reset this. Boop. How about, what's what's what difference with with what you think? Okay, for the first row, I'd pick either Undulation or Torrent. How strange it might sound to pick Undulation, but when I'm going through my breakdowns, I usually find Healing Wave and Healing Search uh, doing a bigger part than, than um, Riptide does by itself, so Undulation thus wins in my book. Mm -hmm. um, Additionally, it, it, it makes for a big healing wave when you have to feed feed a cloudburst. Um, mm. On the, the tier 60 row, um, I just pick AG and run with that. I haven't swapped it out at all, this expansion. Um, and then I pick either Earthen Shield Totem or Ancestral Vigor. Usually, it's it's uh, the shield totem to um, flatten out some damage or pad on the meters, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, cloudburst totem, of course, um, and then I pick ascendance. So this is very. It's very you have so many micro cooldowns here because not only do you do you wiggle around cloudburst. But like you said before, and it makes total sense, feeding undulation into cloud bursts feeds single target healing into AoE healing. And then yeah. you have AG on a two minute cooldown. You have uh, EST on a 60 second cooldown. You have Ascendance on a three minute cooldown. You have Healing Stream Totems on 30 second recharges baseline. You have all these. I still think that the healing kit of Resto can be really scary for new players there's so many and this is what yeah, canopy went over earlier to press yeah you've lots of micro cooldowns yeah you really really do and i think I gotta it's bring a fun play style having least, a lot of tools yeah that and always trying to funnel the most healing you can into cloudburst totem and then finding the niche spot where Cloudburst Totem shines, um, and then combine it with AG or Ascendance, because both of these feed their healing into Cloudburst Totem. Crazy. How about... So here is... I guess here's the next question. Because you both didn't bring up Crashing Waves. And this used to be Baseline. You used to cast Riptide or Chain Heal, and you got two stacks of tidal waves but and we're gonna go into the set bonuses i'm gonna push that up to now because it feeds into the set bonus topic so crashing waves isn't isn't really a thing to 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 weave in at all it's just not that that important um in a raid not particularly it, it can mm. be but it it's incredibly outshined by flexibility of having an additional two-minute cooldown at your disposal. Uh, it, it's really nice in encounters where you can't make use of that additional cooldown and you're doing a whole lot of single-target healing. Uh, the only time I ever spec Crashing Waves since the beginning of Legion was on Mythic Dragons, Nightmare Dragons. Um, that encounter has an absolute ton of single-target healing. It's not very friendly for Chain Heal just because there are so many mechanics that they prefer that you spread out for. So it gives you that 
extra charge to to beef up your your healing wave or healing surge Mm -hmm. but outside of the very niche situations no it's mostly relegated to a dungeon talent and even in dungeons um i prefer the flexibility of having an additional cooldown for the next pack of mobs because if you can just rotate through all of your cooldowns from pack to pack you have very little downtime you know you make as as efficient as you can with your with your healing surges to be able to cleave heal is is what i like to call it because ag heals a couple of party members right you can turn you turn your tank healing into cleave healing for your party in a dungeon and that just helps to sustain your your party members during times of high tank damage which there are some instances where there's an incredible amount of party-wide damage or there's a dot that you just can't afford to cleanse because the tank's getting hit for you know two million a hit or something like that so yeah. You know, it's it's very commonly run in Mythic Plus dungeons. I personally very rarely run it, but it is common. Hmm. And then I guess the only other one, too, to bring up is, I mean, you kind of sandbagged it earlier, but uh, Wellspring, which looks f- fun to cast. Like, it has a neat animation, but is it still just suffering from the, the problem that it's just really weak? Is that its issue? And that it's just, it, it competes with, Ascendance, which is really strong, or High Tide, which is also really strong. So, how do, where does Wellspring fall into this? I don't know if Keen wanted to take that to. I it. think the issue on my end is that it's pretty expensive, whereas mm. both Ascendance and High Tide are well mana-free additions to your toolkit. Um, okay. Wellspring is something that you actively have to use, and it's expensive, really expensive, and my opinion. Hmm. Anything to add to it, Canopy, or is that about it for Wellspring? I just noticed I, that too. It's the thirty-five percent base mana. It's yeah. it's expensive, yeah. And it kind of in a raid setting, Wellspring kind of takes the place of additional chain heals. Whereas, okay. you know, oh no, a big mechanic hit, you're gonna hit, you know, Riptide Healing Stream, and then a couple of chain heals, and then Wellspring instead of you know, an additional one or two chain heals on top of that. Yeah. And because of that, it it lacks interspec synergy with like passives. It doesn't proc resurgence where chain heal would proc resurgence. And while it's like a minor gain over an entire encounter, if you're substituting out two of your chain heal casts every time you use Wellspring, every you know, 20, 30, 45 seconds even if it's that's when the damage is you're going to eventually notice that you don't have that extra couple hundred thousand mana at the end of a fight. Yeah. And it it also it its cast time is just it's a shorter cast time. It's not like it's a pyroblast or anything, but it's it's disruptive, I guess, because a lot of our other micro cooldowns outside of like healing rain are all instant. Healing stream, cloud burst, earth and shield. All of that stuff is all instant cast. And because there's a cast time on Wellspring, it's disruptive to like your flow, I, I guess. is it, hmm. It's just a feel thing for me. Uh, but the, the biggest thing is, while it does the healing of a couple of chain heals and it costs the mana of a couple of chain heals, it doesn't bring the benefits that, that chain heal brings. And chain heal is like an automatically smart heal. It's going to heal who needs it. Right. Whereas, you know, as long as the target is injured, Wellspring will hit them. You know, the total will be divided up and et cetera, et cetera. There's some interesting math that goes into the math behind how Wellspring divides itself up because it doesn't divide it among people who aren't injured. So if you heal a target that's at maximum health, it's not going to 
reduce the amount of your effective healing to people who actually need it, which is nice, but it, it the lack of an introspect synergy just kind of makes it hurt. Okay, and that leads me to bring up Tier 19, which we have on the docket right now. Uh, obviously, as we prep these shows and we try to future-proof them going forward, when Tier 20 is available to look at, we can, but obviously right now we, we can't. That's how we just look, you look at it. We don't know what the tier bonuses are yet. But Regalia of the Bound Elements, or of Bound Elements, pardon me, is uh, Tier 19 for Shaman. Two pieces that Tidal Waves also will increase the healing done by Healing Wave and Surge by 15%. And each time you trigger Tidal Waves... The cooldown of Healing Stream Totem is reduced by three seconds. Now, the four-piece has no interaction with Crashing Waves, but the two-piece would. That's why I brought it up. Because you'd have two stacks of Crashing Waves when you generate it, which would then impact both the next casts with the set bonus. That's why, but still not, not good enough then, huh? I think it's a more interesting talent for my build than the chain heal build because okay, sure. with the chain heal build you'll automatically ramp up more tidal waves charges because you you press chain heal whereas I only have reptile to to generate me uh, tidal wave stacks. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Fair enough. How how does these set play out overall? Then I mean these both seem like fine bonuses. They're both tidal wave centric. One, of course, reducing the cooldown of Healing Stream Totem, which you basically plop it on cooldown when you know it needed, because there's no... you can drop cooldowns and you can have Healing Stream down with Cloud Burst down or whatever, there's no Totem school anymore. But how... does that bonuses work out fine overall then? Can it be? There are no problems, yeah, I don't think? Or? absolutely. They're, they're a little... they're a little underwhelming. I, the number one comment mm. that I hear about it is, well, it's boring. You know, it's, all we're doing is pressing healing stream totem more often or yeah, okay. we're getting a passive boost to spells that we're casting already this is boring can we have something more interesting or i don't want to take this bonus because it, it doesn't seem like it, it's impactful enough and it it's a huge misconception it, because healing stream totem actually does work out to be a pretty considerable amount of your total healing sure it procs passives that we have on our artifact weapon it's an important piece of your toolkit, and it should never be ignored. And to be able to effectively increase your uptime on Healing Stream Totem by like anywhere from, I think it's like 68 to 100% if you're chain healing. I think if you hit Riptide on cooldown without Echo, it's something like a 68 or 70% increase to Healing Stream Totem, um, to the uptime of it, rather. Uh, it, it's incredibly strong, adding that additional free semi-smart healing to to your breakdown and to your to your raid it's a, a definitely a nice tool and people should be obtaining it regardless of if they think it's boring or not because it is i agree with the people i think it's boring mm -hmm. i think that tying it to tying it to tidal waves is interesting we generate tidal waves on mass with the chain heal build spamming chain heal but we you know i can have healing stream totem back up in no time because of it but you know it is potent it's strong you need to not ignore it. The the common theme I see a lot with the tier 19 bonuses because the introductory tier, so they're not wicked strong, I guess I would say, is that they really focus on like one part of a spec. For DPS, for tanks, for healers, etc. Like for Enhancement Shaman, it's all about Stormstrike. 
it's all about storm strike getting more storm strikes and making those storm strikes do more damage that's like it havoc demon hunter generate more fury and your fury spender does more damage right like it's all about one core so it's it definitely feels boring i think across the board but it's it's sort of a numerical tier to get us into i think tier 20 and then 21 possibly will have maybe more interesting interactive tier bonuses because right now yeah it's a little bit oh yeah yeah and they're usually that way. I mean, the first tier is usually, you know, hey, you get 5% extra crit on this spell. Right. Or, you know, and it, that's that's the way it has been for years, for tiers upon tiers. It, the first tier of every expansion is always just some boring kind of addition to a, a passive or a spell that you're already casting all the time. So, you know, it's, it's nice that it's a little bit of a change up from that, but it is boring. It Fair is what enough. it is, though. I'm going to bring up on screen here the Icy Veins. Well, it's the raid best in slot. But just to Keen, what are the four pieces of your gear for tier you want to, to pick up? And then what off pieces? Because it's a six-piece set now. But what four Sans Legendaries are are the way to go here? Um, the Cloak is definitely the the most important one that we need to have because it has the best stats um in my opinion and and it doesn't really have any legendaries um which can take its place so okay. that's i mean the most important one and then i'd say shoulders and chest and helmet we should pick up those pieces because oh, okay. we have, I mean, if, if you're fortunate enough to get the legendary gloves, they're, um, they're going to tie in really well with the four, four piece bonus of our, um, tier 19. Right. Yeah. The, the, the best in slot raid list here, this is a sans legendaries list, the nether braided shoulder pads. It's an offset cause they're haste or their mastery haste. Uh, got to get into the habit. This is like a, a pet peeve. The higher stat on gear, you say first, so crit mastery or haste, ma or mastery haste or haste mastery. But yeah, but that's a good point you brought up because that's that's the next big one is that the gloves, which are right down here, the Praetorians Tide Collars, would definitely take up a tier slot for sure, which leads me into yeah. legendaries. So you want to keep walking me through legendaries here, Keen? What are your your thoughts on these i have them up on screen but you bring the gloves up first yeah, and then we have um, the chain hill ring uh, which is extremely potent when you're playing the chain hill build where you need to um, build up stacks by casting single target healing uh, spells um, healing wave and healing search and it, it, it stacks up to a 50 percent increase to chain heal and then combine it with um, unleash life and cloudburst totem and you'll have an abundance of healing um yeah and then um, we have the trinket which is really interesting in in um, my point of view because we have or tend to have a lot of overhealing as resto shamans especially with ascendance sure um because it, it it equally distributes the healing you do to all raid members um which will actively provide with um 
a massive amount of, of overhealing and then tie that together with Cloudburst Totem and you should have um, a pretty strong combo. Yeah, it's actually posted here, um, which, yeah, potentially one of the best legendary options if it interacts with Cloudburst Totem in the same way that AG or Ascendants do. Will especially be potent with combined with Ascendants as well with the often the overhealing issue with this cooldown. I mean, Velen's future site is essentially AG <laughs> that has a healing yeah. amp and a 50% overhealing, whereas AG's is a 20% of damage or healing is the cleave heal. So yeah, I can see how that would fit really well into the Resto Shaman kit for sure. Goodness. I don't know, Canopy, what do you want to expound upon with legendaries here? There's a few more that are listed, but these there three is. definitely look... Th those Those three are typically the... They're going to be your... Not by and large your strongest healing contributions or healing increases, but they are... They do contribute a lot to the the amount that you can put out, especially right. in times where your, your raid is in danger and th things like healing tide totem being amplified by Praetorians is... Is just absolutely wild. You increase your healing tide numbers like immensely. Um, the other, uh, probably the other two legendaries that I'd kind of give a shout out to, as in super valuable, uh, Pride As. Everybody's like, oh no, Pride As is horrible. I can't believe I got a utility legendary. No the thing way. Is yeah. The thing is amazing. It's a ton of stats. It's an absolute ton of stats. It's a shield and effective health is always valuable in progression rating. So, you know, hold on to that. Like I personally, I use the gloves and the pride as neck. Um, I would use, I have my riptide belt, um, the, the molting and it's nice. It, it's great oh, in those yeah. pinches where multiple people need to be healed, but not immensely, not super quickly. Like between Ursoc, uh, the, the charges on Ursoc was a great place. You know, you would blow your cloudburst totem and then, the couple of people, you know, people would be just about that threshold. You'd get out an extra couple of Riptides, which is nice. And it does generate additional Tidal Wave stacks. But um, the boots are are probably the next niche one that you would want to... If you have it, you should always hold on to it. Keep it in your bags. Be sure that you have a piece that you can swap out for it. Mm -hmm. uh, between, you know, most people typically run the gloves and Jonats. Uh, I would say that... If you don't have like a pride as or something, the gloves and the boots would be your kind of alternate. Uh, assuming, of course, that you're keeping healing rain down. Like, I mean, Keen for his healing keeps <laughs> healing rain down 100% of the yeah, fight. Yeah, I'm sure he, he loves these boots. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love those yeah. boots. Have them. <laughs> you have them. Okay, it makes it yeah. makes sense because you, yeah, the devs knew. Uh, so to. Tie into the next section. I was going to bring up the uncertain reminder. This is one of our new ones, which is the helm. So here it was in last 75% longer, which for me is real good because it's just like <laughs> over a minute of hero, just like going crazy. But for Resto, you do have a bit of a synergy with heroism with sense of urgency, which is yep. on uh, Shaladrasil, which then brings us over to talk about your artifact now. Um, what, did I just say Shaladrasil? I'm thinking, why? I, I saw it's Sharash no, Dahl. Yeah, no, you. What? Why did I bring up a tree? You get, you of get druids on the mind. I guess so. Druid, yeah. It's what it is. It's what it is. Um, but yeah, so on Sharash Dahl, Scepter of Tides, you have Sense of Urgency. It increases all healing you do during Bloodlust by 
which yep. is good. It's just it all depends on when you blow your bloodlust. I mean, That's usually true. you put it, usually put it at pool, um, mm. or for most cases you put it at pool, and right. you'll rarely ever benefit from the additional healing on a pool. Uh, the only thing you'll get is, yeah, well, thirty seconds more of twenty-five or forty percent haste. Oh, thirty percent haste, yeah. Yeah, so you just I mean, the haste is fine, but I'm yeah, bringing it's, up it's great with the haste, but you, I mean, you you'd rather have bloodlust blown uh, towards the end of the fight or at a tight spot where you could really. Um, draw any use of this legendary um yeah that's fair well then to, to bounce back then we don't really talk i brought up on stream so i'll bring it up on the larger view right now this is uh <laughs> i was asking in the pre-show setups like do you guys have like a a, a image that shows like a legendary level in mean, the artifact <laughs> le leveling path which uh this isn't something we really talk about much on the show anymore i'll show a graphic it's in the discord it's on the websites you can find these but just if you're new and you want to level a Resto Shaman, you want to make sure kind of like where you should put your artifact power, even though right now leveling artifact is very easy to 34, 35. But this is the, the path, and, and Canopy kind of was just like, green line goes here, even though it doesn't sync up, but it's yeah. the last thing you get. Yeah. Mostly because just because of title pools is just... So, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty bad. Needs needs a bump. Needs another bump. Because it's... I'm just glad it got More fixed, but it... Yeah, it needs more than a bump. It's <laughs> it's kind of painful. It needs a redesign. It's not very friendly. Like it dropping a totem in in place, unless you're casting Riptide on a melee or a tank. You know that that AOE healing typically is lost, but it is like the last point, arguably, that you would take. Right. So you want to walk me through just like how uh, Dahl worked out in the end, because there are some interesting talents in this one. Like Ghost in the Mist, woo, or Caress of the Tide Mother, <laughs> woo. Which I mean, not not to knock Caress of the Tide Mother, you're dropping Healing Street Totem essentially on cooldown with your four piece, so you have a ten percent damage reduction all the time. But yeah, what what do you think about the artifact as a whole? Um, be? What how well, how'd this all work out for you guys? I mean, I th I think it's great. I think there are a couple of points I don't especially agree with um like servant of the queen is a nice example of a talent where you, know, you shouldn't be dying in the first place but if you do happen to die being able to onk in the middle of raid damage instead of having to wait you know like it, dying in the middle of a gorfine feast for example because you were out soaking a a spirit and if you died during that you would have to wait because if you onked you would just die another 1.5 seconds later unless somebody was quick with an loh mm -hmm. but it, it's nice that you take a significantly reduced like damage for, for a period. It lets you kind of stabilize yourself again. Um, and it's it's definitely come in handy, but uh, there are other use, sort of useless points. Um, Ghost in the Mist being arguably the most useless. Aww. But I have actually found myself not sitting in Ghost Wolf to gain its full effect, because who wants to sit in Ghost Wolf for like five or six seconds? But... <laughs> Being able to use Ghost Wolf in a situation to, you know, just get somewhere quickly, most notably recently being on Chronomatic Anomaly, because, mm -hmm. you know, it does 
reduce the amount of slow that is on you when you're in it. So after blowing your movement GCDs, you can pop in a Ghost Wolf for a couple of seconds, and you do you are reducing the damage that you take, but arguably it's a completely wasted trait, because while you're in Ghost Wolf, you're effectively pacified, because you can't cast, because you'll break right. Ghost Wolf. Because you can, so, yeah, because the whole point of, like, jumping in and jumping out, because you could jump in for a few seconds to stack up, like, a 3 or a, uh, I mean, a 9 or a 12% damage reduction right before, like, an AoE is going to hit, which could be important, because it lasts for 6 seconds when fully stacked, though. So if you can actually get it, that takes you 6 seconds to stay in Ghost Wolf 4. That's a long time yeah. in the healer world, so, for sure. But uh, other than that, I I think that cumulative upkeep, the healing tide, the second gold trait is amazing. I think it's severely undervalued in the beginning of Legion. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning of Legion, it was the third gold trait that you went for because everybody was doing dungeons and cumulative yeah, yeah, upkeep yeah. was was you know largely ineffective in a dungeon because healing tide didn't really matter a whole bunch. But I, all of the other traits are fantastic, and they all have a lot of kind of interspec synergies on spells that you're constantly casting. And that's why relics for stuff like Pull of the Sea, uh, which is our Riptide healing, are great, because you're always using Riptide. There's never a scenario where you're not casting Riptide, whereas you know, people like Keen who avoid Chain Heal aren't going to want a Floodwaters relic because that increases the crit on Chain Heal. So, you know, there are generally useful talent, or I guess traits, uh, on the weapon, and that's there are, are very few that are kind of wasted, which is nice. Yeah, that's good. So I was gonna bring that over to, to Keen now, then, because everyone usually wonders. For DPS, it's different because we have sort of like traits equal eye levels, right? Like I have wind strikes, so I can't replace a wind strikes relic until it's plus six weapon eye levels. Do you have anything like that for Restoration Shaman? Where is it just normally eye level? is better than anything just for the extra spell power and the stats and whatnot? Or is are there a few that you want to, if you could, in a way, stack that are worth really well in the eye-level department? If I could stack Empowered Droplets or Buffeting Waves, I would aim towards that because uh, Empowered Droplets is one that increases the healing and critical uh, effect chance of healing rain, um, which I use heavily to feed into Cloudburst and um, to get the benefit of, of my boots, legendary boots. Um, and then there is the buffeting waves, which just flat out increase the healing done by healing wave and healing surge, which consists or makes up a, a great portion of my healing. Um, I don't think there's any way to um, value the traits into eye levels as a resto shaman or a healer in general. Um, it, it feels a bit more fluent as a healer than compared to a, a DPS. So just, just, just the eye level argument that it's just normally the overall gain in eye levels is more important than trying to stack or min-max relics. Is that what you mean? Yeah, I mean, it, it comes down to which trait you you get uh, the increase, and in, if you get it in the um, caress of the tight mother, for example, you you should just get anything <laughs> else with an eye level increase or ghosts. Sure. In the yeah, but if you have anything that that synergizes with your playstyle, you should, I'd say, try to hold on to it until you have something that's 
at least a few eye level increases. Right. That makes sense. Anything else to... Uh, hey, don't you... Quiet, you. <laughs> Apparently I activated my echo when I said that makes sense. Crazy voice in a box. Um, not a thing for the live stream show. That's for the gameplay stream. Um, anything else about the Scepter of Tides before we move on to the weird stuff, I guess? With uh, <sighs> not, not unless you want to speculate about 7-2 things. Because... Oh? I mean, there, there's a, an incredibly... I, I, I don't want to say it's like the greatest trait ever. But, I mean, there is a trait oh. that has been data mined that increases the duration of Spirit Walker's Grace, which, yep. I mean, it's kind yeah. of what they want to get away from. They want they don't want people casting and moving, but they'll give Clothies a legendary that lets them do it, and you know, which is like arguably the largest DPS gain for some cloth wearers. But uh, increasing the duration of Spirit Walker's Grace is just absolutely insane to me and a graceful spirit is almost always a default talent for me it's the one that reduces the cooldown of of spirit walkers by 60 seconds and gives you a movement speed boost while using it sure but having greater access to that is already amazing but if you were to bump up spirit walkers grace from 15 seconds to uh i, I can't at three traits i believe it's six seconds so okay, it'd be 21 yeah, 21 yeah. seconds out of every 60 you can cast and move. Like, the, I, I brought it up on screen. The PTR datamine version of Tidewalker is four traits and it goes to eight seconds. There we go. So that could even be still, wrong, so with but 23. Yeah. So even with data mining, 23 seconds out of every 60 if you're specced into Graceful Spirit to be able to move and cast. That's absolutely bonkers. Like I can't. Yeah. I can't fathom what that's going to be able to do for us. I already, usually, you know, you can manage stutter stepping, which is, you know, to be able to get your cast in and things. But to just have that freedom is, is going to be fantastic. There are fights where I might not even want to use Spirit Walker's Grace, but I'll do it just to jump around. Who knows? Okay. It's going to I'm, be great. I'm honestly more excited about the new golden trait. <laughs> Yeah, well, I brought that up on screen, too. Um, I want to... I mean... So it's called Deep Waters. Your Healing Wave and Healing Surge have a chance, which means RPPM, I assume, to apply Calming Waters to the target, which absorbs the next... It's a zero, but it's X amount of damage. It gives you Divine Aegis on Wave and Surge. That is what it's giving you. Mm-hmm. That is... I hope not going to be too powerful because the, the absorb meta doesn't need to come back. <laughs> but uh, without any kind of number, right? We like you know we have, if it's a percentage of your heal done or if it's a percentage of the effective heal done. Ideally, it's a percentage of the effective heal because you don't want to sit there pre-pull, casting healing wave on your tank over and over again <laughs> to to make sure that they have a big old shield before they they go in right. Right. So we shall, we'll shall see when they get more information. Would but... be fun though if it was effective heal. Imagine having mm -hmm. undulation and then effectively healing for one and a half million, and then it plays a, an enormous absorb shield. That'd be great. We'll have to see. <laughs> so how about 
so f to tying into the talents and everything else we talked about here, before I bring up trinkets real quick, and then we can take some questions from chat. Secondary stat, Tom Foolery. Now, for DPS, there's usually like a, a hierarchy, right? You have your two best secondaries, and your two ones that you're like, eh, right now, in the new patch 7.1.5 world. But for healers, there's usually like breakpoints or like little bits and pieces that you want to not go over or stay under or with your mastery there's like a soft cap to it so how does that work into it so how how do secondary stats work out for the restoration shaman and what's like the rule of thumb that rest shaman should adhere to or is there a spreadsheet out there or something or what's that what's the goal here uh canopy what, what's what can you let them know the the biggest thing that i say to people is that there, there are no magic numbers the spec just doesn't gain a large amount of power magically when you hit x percent of y stat uh all stats are good stats you know everything has its own effects particularly the mastery and crit um that's the typical uh with the 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 chance to crit on chain heal being higher because of the artifact and everything when you're in a chain heal build crit procs uh queen ascendant which is like pseudo haste it reduces the cast time on abilities. It doesn't give you haste. You don't reduce the GCD or anything like that. You don't speed up your, your hots and, and all of that. But you do get pseudo haste by reducing the cast time. And so, you know, people generally say like around 100% mastery, 30% crit, and then, you know, haste to comfort and versatility is never bad. Uh, but there, there are no magic numbers to hit. You want to stack mastery because it is your most effective healing stat in dire situations and progression. You want crit in a healthy amount because of the, the passives that we have. The small amount of mana gain adds up over five or six or eight minutes. Mm -hmm. And Queen Ascendant is an incredibly powerful trait in in the hands of any anyone, basically. If you granted any healer, you know, a percent, a massive percentage of cast speed, any healer would, would see strength out of that. So those are like the three core, the core reasons, I guess. But um, yeah, uh, after that, everybody says, oh, haste is so bad, but haste isn't bad. Mm -hmm. Haste just doesn't grant us as much as crit would grant us because crit grants us pseudo haste via Queen Ascendant. So mm. yes, haste in large amounts is still great. I see people talking about the procs on trinkets being haste, like uh, heightened senses. Oh, it's horrible. It's so much haste. What are we going to do with that? You're going to oom yourself. But just because you have an extra 5,000 haste doesn't mean you have to spam chain heal and run yourself oom. Uh, spell selection is still in your control. It doesn't only light up chain heal. So, <laughs> you know, large haste amounts are good. They still grant extra ticks to healing tide and, and all of that goodness as well. So... But all stats are good stats. There are no magic numbers. 90% hmm. of the time, an item level upgrade will be an upgrade for you. So, Anything to add to that, Keen? Uh, I mean, for my playstyle, right. I, I like a healthy amount of haste over the, having too much crit. Because adding more, how to say it, make the spec feel more fluent with the amount of haste because you, you spend a lot of time casting healing waves without 
tidal wave stacks. So you need a healthy amount of haste to make it feel fluent. So you, I, you, well, I guess what, what you're, you, you rely on the, the knowing that there is no procs involved to keep up the way that you heal versus if you weaken, you, you weave in the critical strike side of things because it's obviously a chance. I, I like being 100% reliable on the, the stats I have. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of crit. Okay. But it seems like, obviously, that, and like what Canopy said, there's really no, there is no right answer. There's definitely, there are some shenanigans with like Restoration shop, uh, restoration Druid happening out there that we'll get into when we do Druid History Month. But, okay, that sounds, that sounds fine. And then, lastly then, where is, I'm trying to bring up the a visual aid here, which I don't think there is one specifically. Uh, trinkets. Trinkets are weird for DPS, but how are they for for healers, though? I see it has on here, on Icy Veins, you've got the Ephemeral Paradox and Atreus's Celestial Map. But, Canopy, what, what, what are Trinket hierarchy looking like for Restoration Shaman? Uh Specifically from Nighthold, those are those are the two that you want to equip uh, for general use. The perfectly preserved cake from Treliax is Ooh. absolutely bonkers since they fixed it. Uh, well, I guess buffed it. But they also, without actually updating a tooltip or anything like that, it was modified to also guarantee provide yourself with a shielding every time you use the trinket. So it's actually six people taking the absorb, which kind of increases it. Um, but general use, Ephemeral Paradox is great. It's absolutely great. A lot of people just look at it and they see, oh, I only gained 24,000 mana over a five-minute fight from this trinket. That's not even a chain heal. What am, I, what am I doing? But you also have to remember that as many triggers of that mana gain as you get, you also save the mana by making your healing wave free. So you're also saving you know, 100,000 mana on top of the twenty-five or thirty thousand that you've gained, or or whatever it is, mm. on average, it it maths out to be an, an additional mana potion over four and a half to five minutes, which is great for longevity. Um, any any encounter where you don't need any kind of longevity, you're going to put the cake on instead of it, just because it's more throughput. It's just raw. It's just raw healing with the absorbs or raw absorbs, I guess. And. Um, it looks awesome because the cake proc, when it hits you, the yes. character slams a piece of cake in their it, face. Yes. <laughs> it's, I want one. I haven't, we haven't got one yet in raid and I want one very desperately. Um, only because every time I use it, it will make me think of Dayani with, with the cakes and stuff uh, that, that she does. What is the trinket um, called again? The cake trinket? Uh, perfectly preserved cake, I believe. Is the, is the name of it? I honestly, I'm t the cake ah, trinket is, yeah, is what I call it. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's a it's a fantastic trinket as long as you're making use of it. Make sure that you drop it on people. Make sure that your raid knows, hey, if there's some cake here, move over towards it. You don't have to click on it. It's not like an old school light well, which is what everybody thought it was because they didn't have access to it to try it. It's as long as a person gets within you know five or six yards, they they gain the effect of it. Uh, and it's actually not five allies, it's yourself and five allies, right. which makes it even more valuable because you're looking at you know, 
3 million healing, 3.5, 4 million healing, or whatever it, it works out to be, um, off GCD, droppable right in front of you. Yeah. The only downside is, is you can't pick who uses it. So if you're in a big, huge raid stack and there's a big bunch of damage and you hit it, the weakest people can't protect themselves. It's completely random. Sure. And that's a fallback of the trinket. But out of, out of Nighthold, yeah, oh, absolutely. Out of Nighthold, those are the trinkets you want. Otherwise, stat sticks. Stat sticks all day. Yeah, they're way you too get yourself a, yeah, You get yourself a stat stick and you sit on it. Like Run run Karazhan. Go kill Nightbane. Get yourself an urn. <laughs> so that, yeah. It's amazing. I use one right now. I have an 880. Yep. Yeah, Only because they, they nerf Frond. Sad face. Yeah. But So that brings me in. We have a couple minutes. We can take some questions from chat. And Toxic Toothpick asks right there, does it drop at your feet or the ground target for the, the cake? Just to confirm. It's a, like a yard or two in front of you. Just plops just down. Just drop it. Yeah, yeah it just, just automatically. Just and drop it. Yep. Okay. Yeah, it's not like a targeted reticle. That's why I was confirming. It just plops in front of you. Cool. Very, very good. But yeah, if you have any questions, chat, feel free to drop them now. Of course, going forward, this is how this works. The Ask a Boss questionnaire email submission is, is archaic. It's gone. It's been removed. So if you want to ask questions for upcoming shows or you have questions for me or uh, every like, uh, usually the Friday or Saturday before a Sunday show, I boop the general chat in my Discord that's for subs and non-subs. You can join there, and then you can ask questions to put forward into the show notes. That's the best way to, to do so now. So, and, and chats, you've been answering questions during the show, of course, here too. But, um, uh, Shanooder, would you prefer if you had access to two mastery stat sticks or both of the Nighthold trinkets? And then Keen said, stat sticks are preferred due to reliability. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like 99% of the time you're, you're going to want a stat stick equipped only because healing you need to know that you're going to be able to do acceptable healing all the time you can't rely on something that's going to you know, sure. maybe proc at a good time or maybe not proc at all for mm -hmm. I, I had a copy of heightened senses out of uh, that dropped off of uh, Ursoc in Emerald Nightmare and I wore it on a Cenarius kill we did the burn strat where we killed him in I don't even know how long it was. Three minutes and ten seconds or oh, two yeah. minutes and fifty. Stupid fast. And I had one proc the entire fight of Heightened Senses. And it was at the end where there wasn't a whole lot to heal because the Thorns damage was already gone. So what What good was it? It didn't do me any good. Right. So uh, that's, it was basically a versatility stat stick with nothing else. And it feels bad when you don't get a proc. So stat sticks all the way. Obviously, definitely. Obviously, this goes without. If you get the legendary one, then you have different different things to pick from. Uh, oh yeah. What, what about fluctuating energy? That's another night hold trinket, I believe. Uh no, Karazhan. Oh, Karazhan. Drops off of the mana devourer from Karazhan. Um, it's approximately equal to the mana that was gained off of the cocoon trinket from Emerald Nightmare, except you don't have to incapacitate yourself for 10 uh. seconds every time you do have to move towards the, the what happens is it drops little orbs around you similar to like chi balls for a monk and stuff okay. like that in, in the olden days um and you run over the orb and it grants you mana well the orbs only drop you know f seven to ten yards or something from you so it's pretty easy to get them but if you have the nightbane chest it's it's 
a little bit better on average than the cocoon would have been for mana regen. So assuming that you can get all of these trinkets at a high item level, Paradox will still probably net you a little bit more on average total mana. Kalfaz asks, what distinguishes a good resto shaman in logs? A healer with high HPS or a healer who has good uptime on his healing stream totem or tidal waves, buffs, etc. Hmm. Um, I'd I, say I mean, that HPS is something that you can always accumulate because it all depends on how you set up your raid and how you set up the cooldowns such that you're able to push out more HPS than the other healers or even compared to um, other rest of shamans. Um, I mean, you, you can build it such that you favor yourself um, and you just sit there and spam chain heal until the f boss is dead. Um, but it doesn't really reflect any skill, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, ab that, absolutely. That that makes me think back to, to um, like Siege of Orgrimmar when revival was really ridiculous and you'd revival snipe, which made you look great on uh. logs but didn't really do anything unless like it was important to revival snipe. But that was mostly an egregious thing of misweepers being butts. They still are, actually. It still happens. Um, just <laughs> recently, our, our misweaver in Temerity um, <laughs> stepped, stepped down. Uh, he ended up graduating and, and got his degree and everything. And so he's off to be an adult or something. I don't, I don't know. But he harasses me daily. And I would drop, you know, I would drop Healing Tide. And he would just... Oh, he has a weak aura. just pops up. Healing tied down, so he would revival. And it still happens all the time. So it's it's not just back in the day. It's, it's really painful. So I, I'm I mean, I sad, to see, sad to see Rainer go, but I'm also happy to see Rainer go. Wow. Because I, uh, I can actually be an effective healer again. It, wow, even Hina said hashtag blame Rainer. Wow. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, Hina. Wow. But um, one more question, and then we'll wrap this up. This is an interesting one, uh, which is, this isn't uh, the point we brought up earlier about DPS, right? So how about, can you suggest good DPS trinkets for Restoration Shamans for Mythic Plus? Because you can get some sweet chain lightning spam in that Mythic Pluses, though, when there's nothing to heal. Just go for you it. You can. Absolutely. So what were um, your thoughts for DPS usually trinkets? Uh, Chrono Shard and Horn of Valor, flat out. Uh, Horn of Valor shamans usually in a Mythic Plus. If you're casually doing a Mythic Plus, you're running Echo just for that little bit of extra damage or your extra mobile GCDs while keeping on the move, going pack to pack. Um, on burst DPS, like on pull burst DPS with Bloodlust and everything. Horn of Valor with a prepot and basically guaranteeing that your Chrono Shard is going to pop on the pull. Uh, it results in, I, I think I've bursted like 450, 500k DPS. Mm. Uh, and because boss damage is where you usually make it up, right? Is, right. You know, it's nice to be able to pop some chain, uh, chain lightnings out and stuff. And I've contributed meaningful damage on trash as well. But usually that'll give enough time for your Horn of Valor. You can use it like once on trash and then it's back up for the boss again. But it's the easiest way to gain a large amount of damage on the pull, which is usually where DPS healing gets gets effective is on the pull because 
further into the boss pool, you're going to be looking at actually healing mechanics. So usually Horn of Valor if you're trying to focus on some extra damage. Sure. Anything to add to those trinkets, Keen? I know Arons or Lax and Ruby is being brought up now, but... It makes perfect sense to go and stack haste or crit uh, in order to do more DPS, especially haste. Yep. Shock Baton's not bad, I guess, either, but you have to keep sort of casting to gain the RPPM of Shock Baton, because, you know, I mean, granted, it'll always proc if you keep Flame Shock up on the target, too. It'll just, it'll just fire off of you as you heal, which is a possible okay one, too, sure. But I guess I, they're uh, they're not wrong though. Aran's relaxing rubies definitely. If you know trash damage is where you need to be need to be making it up and things like that. Right. It's less damage single target, but it does do an immense amount of damage on trash because it it's the same with uh, heightened senses is actually a really good five man trinket because it's going to proc almost every trash pull because when you drop combat it resets the the proc timer. Awesome. Well, wrap up time now. Do you have anything else? I'll go to Keen first on this one. Do you have anything else you want to leave the Restoration Shaman communities with? Your fellow wetters of many socks out there that you want to leave them with? Any tips or tricks or little secrety things? This is your moment. Go for it right now on the spot. <laughs> on the spot? Okay. Um, just abuse Cloudburst Totem. <laughs> Aim to abuse that spell. <laughs> Yeah, that's sure. <laughs> that he's not wrong. That sounds good to me. Canopy, do you have anything to follow up the cloudburst totem I, abuse? Yeah, the the number one rule of healing: always be casting your ABCs. Of ah. it's the same thing with DPS. You know, always be casting. Whether it's a DPS spell in the healing downtime, you're using your micro cooldowns. It's important to always be casting because the number one thing when people say to me, "Hey," My healing is a little bit low. I feel like I'm bringing my guild down. I, I need some help. Can you help me out? The first thing I look at is the cast log. And if you're averaging a lower amount of cast per minute than what the, the typical resto shaman is, that's the first thing I look at. Without even looking at healing breakdown, cooldown use, anything like that, first tab I open is the cast log. So ABCs, always be casting. Hmm. And that's actually funny because... It was run up in chat right now about how you look at using logs for healer to best judge yourself and other players. So right there, follow the ABCs. Always yep. be casting. So with that, I'm going to hit this little button over here. Ah, Yeah. Oops, that's the wrong button for me. But thank you very much, everyone, for tuning in to episode 127 of Final Boss TVs with the Legion Restoration Shamans. Thank you very much for watching real quick before we wrap out of this i wanted to make sure i give a special shout out to the assistant producers of the show which are truffles death scythe pally and ludovicus over on patreon thank you for your continued support uh, from all these months with your crazy generous nonsense supporting this dumb face and this crazy show and everything else thank you so much for that but around the table real quick with our guests there's keen you can go follow him on Twitter at KeenWow. And then, of course, poke him in the Earth Shrine restoration part of Discord. Do you do, do PMs or no PMs? No PMs? Do Twitter? PMs? Yeah, I don't mind. Okay. Some some of the NVPs and Theorycrafter folks get a little annoyed with that. But if, if you can, yeah, go, go bother him there on Discord. Go for it. 
<laughs> but thank you, Keen, for being on the show again. It's been a while. Happy to have you back on, though. Maybe see you again in the future. Yeah, wouldn't mind. It's plenty fun. And then there's Can I Be Heels. You can go follow him on Twitter as well at Can I Be Heels with a Z. With a Z. Yeah, you gotta you gotta do that. And then also again in the class Discord as well, you can go bother him. Do you take PMs? Not typically. Uh, if they're just random out of the blue PMs, I will say okay, yes. When I get some time, I'll look at it because I mean I do I do do a whole bunch of work and stuff. But when I'm actively chatting in the channel, it's not uncommon for me to say, hey, can you PM me that log real quick and I'll sure. take a look at it. So you know, if you see me, poke me, like ping me in the channel. You know, and, and say hi because if you need some help that's that's what I'm here for well thank you very much first time on the show sir I appreciate it the hair kept up the whole show it, it I, for, for the most part yeah <laughs> but that's the one thing I wanted to I'm not trying to troll the guests about the whole PM situation there are in every different discord there are lots of great MVPs or the mods or the theory and sin crafters some of them are okay with it but that you can log into your Discord one day and have like 80 PMs. But there are lots of yep. pinned messages. There are resources that are there for you to answer a lot of your questions. Please check those out before you just incessantly bother one of the people that puts together the resources for you. So check those out. Next week is going to be, hopefully and should be, Protection Warrior. Working on the guest for that now. More updates on social media as the week goes on. Next Sunday after Protection Warrior might be Mythic Gul'dan. We don't know yet, because five guilds have to kill before you interview the top guild. I also have the Lost Codex interview coming up soon. There are the uh, other lore channel that does heavily edited, beautiful lore videos on YouTube. Got to talk to the boys behind the Lost Codex. And then we'll go from there. Again, April looks like Druid History Month. And then the other Sunday leading up to that, of course, I'll update you as we go forward. But thank you all so much for watching. Trust in your... Reroll that looks like the curious coin and enjoy that extra artifact power. But until next week, everybody. <laughs> bye. 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 Wave bye. Wave bye. Wave bye. The bye. Bye. Keen. Oh, there you go. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs>